Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham. Um, Janet is not with us on Thursdays because she is busy working in the pharmacy. So we are streaming live today from beautiful downtown Idaho Falls, Idaho. What a wonderful place to be. I am so enjoying being in Idaho. I'm loving this state and um, if you haven't been to Idaho Falls, well, it's worth the trip. Um, as you can imagine, there's a falls right in the middle of town. And that's a beautiful thing. West Yellowstone is only two hours away. The Craters of the Moon is only two hours away. And Jackson Hole is only two hours away. So um, love, love being in Idaho. We are getting a wonderful welcome for our pharmacy here. We're really excited to expand more into this area. <coughs> Excuse me. We've been wanting to do it for <coughs> a few years now. And now we have a wonderful team in place at the pharmacy to be able to, to do this. So I'm super, super excited um, today on our podcast, our Thursday podcast. So we will be talking about progesterone, the forgotten hormone. But just a few things to go over. Uh, next week, you don't want to miss our Thursday edition. Um, it will be on how the free market, the free market system of doctors could actually possibly meet the demands of COVID-19 better than what's happened with our government shutdown. So James Dunavant from the Free Market Medical Association, who he's been on our radio show before, um, is going to be with us, and we will um, talk to him about that, and he's going to give us some ideas and tips and solutions about how he believes that there, there, there is and was a better way without completely destroying the economy. So you don't want to miss out for that. We will... <coughs> be streaming at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time then. We are coming early today because we are in mountain time. Um, I know uh, Pacific Standard Time, it's early, and we're a half hour early too. We were going to stream at 8 o'clock um, mountain time, but we have a, a 9 o'clock appointment that we don't want to miss, so um, we are we're going to take advantage of that. So we are going to get through this, um, and um, hopefully... Uh, we can uh, answer any of your questions. So that reminds me, you can <coughs> call in, be part of the show, 509-537-0411. So call in, be part of the show. I know we had some questions from last week's podcast, and we're going to try to, um, that was going to, I'm going to try to address this week. So progesterone, the forgotten hormone. So I always like to go into the difference between synthetic versus natural versus bioidentical. We hear the term natural all the time, and um, I just want to clear up that just because something's natural does not mean it's natural to our bodies. A perfect, a perfect example, and you guys have, may have heard this before, but um, I like to go in. I like to go. I like to talk about it over and over again because it's so important. But for instance, the most popular hormone ever prescribed is Primarin. And if you don't know, Primarin stands for pregnant mare's urine. It is literally estrogen isolated from pregnant horses. And that is natural, but it's not natural to our bodies. So the difference between natural and bioidentical would be bioidentical means bio meaning life, identical to our bodies. So, but you can have a hormone that's synthesized, synthetic, that's synthesized in a laboratory, but it is bioidentical. So a good example is levothyroxine or lyothyronine for your thyroid. Those are synthetic, but they are bioidentical. So 
Um, those are important terms to to understand. And there's a there's a cartoon about um, what we've done for sixty plus years now. Um, you know, there's a horse talking about the horse doesn't want to take human estrogen. It's kind of a little joke, but I like to talk about that because it's so so important. Um, I I don't believe Premarin should ever be prescribed anymore because there is better alternatives. So why would we want to give horse urine to a woman when um, there are better alternatives? I, I I like to compare it to back when we figured out what um, type 1 diabetes was, we, we used insulin from pork and beef source. But back in 1983, Eli Lilly figured out how to make um, bioidentical insulin, basically, um, from... Um, it was the first technology, biotech technology drug. And, you know, since then, we don't prescribe, you know, beef insulin and pork insulin to people because we have something better. So so here's some of the, um, a list of some of the bioidentical hormones. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but we're going to be talking about progesterone today. Just realize that, you know, there's, we have many different hormones in our bodies. And one thing that we traditionally have been taught is that you know, I learned it in pharmacy school, and most doctors learn it in medical school, is that um, we we have one estrogen in our, we, we have, women only have estrogen, and that is completely not true. Women have a mixture of a lot of different hormones, including testosterone, which is traditionally associated with males. We went, we went over that last week, but um, progesterone, and I'm going to talk about why progesterone is so important. So progesterone is actually, it was the first sex hormone that was ever isolated and discovered. So um, it was one of the, I think in ni- like 1937, I believe. And it, it's present in every human, male or female. Um, and it's produced by the ovaries and somewhat the adrenal glands, um, s- um, secreted by the corpus luteum uh, when, when a woman is pregnant. And it is metabolized to other hormones, and it does balance the effects of estrogen. So it offsets some of the effects of estrogen. We will get into that, get into that later um, and some more of these details. But when we think about progesterone, a lot of times we think about it in the endometrium. And traditionally, when progesterone has been prescribed, if you look at the history of Premarin, Premarin was the first estrogen to ever be pr- prescribed back in 1947. And after Premarin was prescribed, it was noticed that 10 years later, women were having an increased risk of uterine cancer, which we really shouldn't be surprised about. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, progesterone um, decreases that risk, and we'll go into that later. But we think when we think about progesterone, typically in medical school and pharmacy school, we're taught that it works in the uterus and the uterus only. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the details why that's not that's that's not true. It works in many many different places in the body too. So, but when you think of progesterone, think of what it really means: progestation, progesterone, support gestation. So it's a um, a hormone that supports pregnancy, but it does a lot of other things too, including acts as a natural diuretic. So let's think about what estradiol does. Estrogen in the body holds on to water, so Women, when they have a lot of estrogen, they'll feel bloated, that bloated feeling. Progesterone can help get rid of that. That's why it's important to have both hormones, not just one of them. Normalizes blood clotting. Um, We do know that estrogen increases the risk of 
blood clots. Um, progesterone decreases that risk. So it normalizes the blood. That's why they should be given together. Again, I want, I want you to hear that theme that, you know, progesterone goes along with, with estrogen in many different areas, not just the uterus. Um, osteoblast stimulates osteoblast. Osteoblast builds new bone. Um, estradiol decreases bone breakdown by increasing osteoclast formation, but progesterone helps to build new bone. So this is an important one. So it, it works in more tissues than just the uterus. Again, um, we were taught in pharmacy school that if a woman is on estrogen, then she does, and she's had a, had a hysterectomy, so she's had her uterus taken out, then she doesn't need progesterone. Now, to me, that is just, when you think about it, that's a pretty um, ignorant statement when you think about that. And this is still being taught today. Many medical doctors still believe this. Many pharmacists still believe this. So if that is the case, then progesterone is like a magic hormone that only works in one tissue in the body. Almost every other hormone works in many different tissues in the body. Um, so why would progesterone be any different? So yes, progesterone can be given along with estrogen to decrease the risk of uterine cancer, but it works in a lot of other areas in the body too, including the breast tissue. Think about what it does in the breasts. It does the same thing that it does in the uterus. I'm going to get into that a little bit later about how progesterone works along with estradiol. It works in the brain tissue. That's why progesterone can help you sleep. Um, smooth muscle, kidneys, bones, um, cellular membranes, everywhere. So progesterone uses some of the um, early stages in a woman's life where it could be used as PMS. Um, when I think of progesterone, I think of any kind of cycling issue. So if, if PMS is following a cycle, which it does, then think progesterone, progesterone, progesterone. You don't need Prozac necessarily if you have PMS. You don't need lorazepam or some anti-anxiety medication if you have PMS. Um, you know, fix the problem. Don't just treat the symptom. It could be an underlying progesterone issue. Endometriosis. Think about what endometriosis is. It's the uterine tissue that grows kind of inside of itself in the wrong area. Um, what's traditionally been the, the um, a lot of times the, if a woman is over 40 years old, the um, fix for that is surgery. So they remove her uterus. When in reality, it, it might be able to be reversed if they give progesterone. Very simple. Fibrocystic breasts, same thing. Women that have too much estrogen and not enough progesterone, sometimes referred to as estrogen dominance, can get fibrocystic breasts. Um, give them some progesterone and those fibros those um, fibroids can go away. Same thing with uterine fibroids. My wife is a perfect example. She had uterine fibroids. She didn't get a hysterectomy, although they wanted to give her hyster a hysterectomy. She took progesterone and the uterine fibroids went away. PCOS, what is PCOS? We actually had a question last week on um, testosterone and PCOS. So PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I don't necessarily like that term because they don't really always have that um, polycystic ovary, but they'll have the symptoms of PCOS, which basically their ovaries are making too much androgens, and androgens are testosterone and DHEA. So traditionally these women will 
possibly have a lot of hair growth on their face. I mean, some women can grow a full beard if they have lots of PCOS. And they'll also have maybe a big neck. They'll also probably maybe be a little bit overweight. And um, then and they're usually not cycling. If they are cycling, their cycles are very irregular. So, And one of the treatments for PCOS is progesterone. Um, there's other issues too, including thyroid. Thyroid is very, very important. Make sure if you do have PCOS, make sure you go to a provider that knows about treating PCOS and knows about thyroid replacement and optimally, re and optimally, optimally replacing your thyroid, um, not just making sure the TSH is normal because it's very, very important. The thyroid is very important in PCOS. And, of course, lifestyle changes, dietary changes, um, exercise, and losing weight can help a lot of those issues. And what's really important is you have to start cycling again in PCOS. Get the cycles regular again, and a lot of those issues will fix themselves themselves some other uses irregular excessive bleeding again anytime there's a cycling type issue think progesterone um, luteal phase defect luteal phase defect is luteal phase is the last half of a woman's cycle and that's a lot of times when if you have a hard time getting pregnant that'll be the luteal phase defect they, they need more progesterone osteoblasts for bones of course so talking about progesterone and other tissues of the body we talked about it being um you know it, it, it affects the brain so how does it affects the brain progesterone increases production of GABA GABA is a neurotransmitter that helps sleep I won't get into to the um pharmacology of 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 it but there are drugs that actually act on the GABA receptor that um do this um so why take a drug that's going to cause side effects and possibly be addicting if you have a progesterone deficiency and can get progesterone and get many other benefits too? So low progesterone can bring about anxiety, restless, restlessness, trouble sleeping, um, frequent waking at night, um, and a woman's body stops producing progesterone once she enters menopause. Now, that doesn't mean that she does the, the progesterone levels might be suboptimal before that. Progesterone is usually the first hormone when a woman's cycle starts becoming irregular or she has hot flashes or any kind of symptoms of menopause. It's usually a sign of progesterone deficiency, not estrogen deficiency. Progesterone is usually the first hormone to decline. It's not estrogen. If you check a woman's estrogen early on in perimenopause, before menopause, um, her progesterone levels will be less than optimal. Her estrogen levels are fine. So... Um, Progesterone, progesterone, progesterone. That's why I call it the forgotten hormone because what we traditionally do in medical practice is, okay, we think if a woman's less than 40 and she's having any kind of cycling issues or having any kind of hormone-related issues, what do we do? We give them birth control pills. Well, I'm going to go into why birth control pills are not progesterone and not the answer. Um, what do we do after 40 if they're having any kind of cycling issues? We give them surgery. We give them a hysterectomy. So that's not necessarily the answer. Because when that happens, a lot of things changes. And you can't go back, obviously, after birth, after uh, surgery. So progesterone and cycles, I can't, I can't stress it enough. Anytime there's symptoms that follow a cycle, think progesterone, migraines. I cannot tell you how many women have struggled with years and years and years of migraines. All kinds, they're on all kinds of medications for migraines. And you ask them, 
They've been a neurologist. I mean, they've been the top neurologist in the country. I'm not kidding. And you ask them, do your migraines follow your cycle? Oh, yes. Since I was a teenager and I started cycling, I've had migraines. And it's almost like you've got to be kidding me. So what is the treatment? The treatment is progesterone. Um, it might be progesterone every day, depending on where they're at in, in their stage of life. It might be progesterone just the last half of their cycle if they're um, younger. Um, but any time there's a cycling-type issue or there's a symptom, with whether it be headaches or whether it be PMS, um, think progesterone, progesterone. And not birth control pills, progesterone. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so just other things, the cycling I kind of went into already, but... Um, progesterone and fertility, obviously, gesterone, it gestation, it's in the name. Um, I can't tell you how many times I have seen women spend thousands and thousands of dollars, I'm not kidding, at fertility clinics, and they never had a progesterone level checked. Um, they go to a, a doctor that specializes in hormone replacements, specifically um, bioidentical um, hormone balancing, and they check their progesterone level, they give them progesterone, and they're pregnant within two months. I know of at least a handful of cases that it's happened to. And what's the difference? Um, the difference is, you know, the progesterone was 70 or 80 bucks instead of, you know, 20 or $30,000 like some of the fertility clinics. And I'm not saying it's always the answer, but I'm just saying anytime there's a fertility type issue, progesterone is the first thing that should be looked at progesterone and osteoporosis i talked about i talked about the bones it helps to build new bone um, and it works along with estradiol estrogen to decrease bone loss now progesterone um, helps to build new bone estradiol decreases bone loss um, hydroxyprogesterone acetate which is a synthetic progestin does not have the same action So progesterone and breast cancer. Progesterone works in the uterine tissue to decrease stimulation of, of new tissue, to pol proliferation of new tissue. Estradiol increases the production of new tissue in the uterus. Um, proliferation, they call it. Um, it also does that in the breast tissue. Progesterone decreases that stimulation of new tissue. So think of it like this. This is a great analogy. This is, not, this is not novel to me. I stole this from a physician's assistant who taught me this years ago, and it's a wonderful analogy. If you, if you think of the, uh, your lawn as in um, compared to the uterus or breast tissue, think of estradiol as the fertilizer for the lawn, and it makes the lawn grow. Think about if the lawn grows too much, it gets kind of weeds in there, Okay. So that would kind of be like the cancer, an analogy of the cancer. Progesterone is a lawnmower. Progesterone decreases that proliferation of tissue and, um, you know, can, so can help, the, the help decrease the production of bad tissue. So um, it can even um, permit the death of healthy cells. They call it apoptosis. Um, so progesterone is very important to, to be given along with estrogen, um, that's why I don't believe that any woman long-term should take estrogen without progesterone. Now, this is, looks like a fancy slide that only a scientist would, would look at, right? Now, let's remember that 
this is in a two-dimensional form. We, it's not in the 3D form. So let's remember these are 3D structures. But look at medroxyprogesterone acetate and progesterone. So medroxyprogesterone acetate, acetate is a synthetic progestin. Um, if you look, the structures look similar, right? Well, 10 years post-Premarin, Wyeth Arist realized that their drug was causing increased risk of uterine cancer. Why was it doing that? Because, again, that estrogen increases stimulation of uterine cells, and there's no progesterone to stop that stimulation, okay? So Wyeth Arist knew that progesterone decreases the stimulation of estrogen, but they also knew that they couldn't patent progesterone. So they came up with a drug that was close to it called medroxyprogesterone acetate, also known as Provera. If anybody has, uh, have heard of PremPro, um, Premarin and Provera, the, the pro part is the medroxyprogesterone acetate part. Now it works in the uterine tissue somewhat like progesterone, and it does decrease the incidence of uterine cancer when given with estradiol. But they are synthetic. Um, they do not have all the same range of activity like natural progesterone. Like, for instance, it doesn't, uh, um, doesn't work in the bone. It doesn't work in the, in the brain. It doesn't work in the breast. Um, and it, here's a good... So while we're talking about this, I want to talk about progesterone versus medroxyprogesterone acetate. And I want to tell you this. If, if you know this, if you know this one thing, progesterone versus medroxyprogesterone acetate, they are not created equal, okay? If you know this, you will know more than most doctors and most pharmacists about hormone replacement. I'm not kidding you, okay? I was taught in pharmacy school that they're similar and their actions are similar. You even look in one of my pharmacology books and they're listed in the same order or, or under the same category, which they are not. They're totally different. Let's remember what progesterone does. Progesterone helps to support gestation, Right? It's a hormone of pregnancy, okay? Depo-Provera, medroxyprogesterone acetate, is used for birth control. So, small changes in a molecule, if you go back to that one slide, make a huge difference in the body, okay? And it's because of that 3D structure. These, these hormones are 3D structures that work in protein receptors, and if they don't fit perfectly, they don't work perfectly. So... Those are not created equal at all. Progesterone does not equal medroxyprogesterone acetate. I can't tell you how many studies I've read that the headline says progesterone not effective in XYZ, and you read down below, and it says that they use medroxyprogesterone acetate. I mean, it doesn't matter, I mean, because they're totally different. They shouldn't ever be allowed to be published like that. So that next slide, I like to show this slide because it shows that these sex hormones and other hormones start out with a cholesterol backbone. We always talk so bad about cholesterol, but without cholesterol, we will die. In a couple weeks, um, stay tuned for my um, podcast, Thursday podcast, because I'm going to talk about the importance of cholesterol and if cholesterol is killing us. Is cholesterol killing us? Um, we're always told that it, you know, if we lower cholesterol, it'll prevent heart attacks. Stay tuned for that one, because it might be kind of controversial. So if you look at that hormone cascade, um, progesterone is one of the top ones, and other hormones can be made from it. 
Um, I wish it was as easy as you could give, you know, progesterone and all the other hormones would come into balance. It's not that easy. So, so the benefits of progesterone therapy, we've already talked a little bit about it, but it, it counteracts some of the symptoms of estrogen dominance, too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, the breast tenderness. Again, why would, you, why would women get br- tender breasts? Too much estradiol, stimulating breast tissue growth, not enough progesterone to decrease that stimulation. Fluid retention, we talked about that. Headaches, breakthrough bleeding, sleep disturbances, um, all, ki- all kinds of stuff. I, I progesterone is the first hormone we should think about when it comes to women. Um, I already talked about some of that stuff. Decreased cramping. Women that have um, cramps, again, that usually follows a cycle. Think progesterone, progesterone. So what is the side effect of progesterone? Slight to moderate drowsiness. Now, if given, that's usually only in an oral capsule, although that can be with topical cream also. Um, give that at night. Obviously, that's a big benefit. I, I love oral progesterone given at night because it helps women sleep. Um, synthetic progestins. Um, look at the side effects. Breast tenderness, acne, bloating, vision changes, thrombosis. Um, you know, thrombosis or blood clots. Um, that's kind of, if you look at some of the studies with hormone replacement um, causing heart attacks, it's because of the medroxypogesterone acetate being in there. Realize that with bioidentical hormones or any hormones for that matter, everybody's an individual. So the dosing and the balance of hormones is different for everybody. Um, some quick tips to monitor hormones. There's there's a lot of debate here. I, I, I like to know both sides or all sides. Um, blood versus saliva. There's also urine testing. I think urine testing is good. If you're going to test metabolites and how a woman is metabolizing progesterone, because some women, I'm sorry, metabolizing estrogen, because some estrogen, if it's metabolized, can have a higher propensity to get breast cancer. So there are some things that you can fix if if they are metabolizing it that way. So urine can be an important tool. Blood is probably the most common serum. Um, most physicians are are familiar with it. Um, saliva is another way. Saliva, you could argue, is is better with tissue levels. It actually it actually monitors tissue levels, hormones instead of blood levels, because we don't necessarily care about what's in our blood, right? We care about what's in our bone. We care about what's in the uterus. We care about what's in the breast. Um, saliva might be more correlate better with tissue level. Um, limitations of saliva is a lot of healthcare providers aren't familiar with it, and um, it, it can be easy sometimes to contaminate the sample. Like if um, somebody is taking using topical hormones and they're doing a saliva test and they have hormones on their finger, the saliva will, you know, they contaminate it. It'll be way off the chart. Also, if you're using sublingual hormones, not very, it's not very easy to to do to correlate a test with good levels um, because you got the timing has to be perfect. I'm not a fan of using saliva testing if you're doing a sublingual dosage form. The limitation of any of any test is, you know, the timing of the cycle because you know hormones. If if a woman's still cycling, her hormone levels are going up and down all the time. So where is she at in her cycle? For one, and if she's not cycling or her cycles are irregular, we don't necessarily know. Also, timing of the dose. It's important to know about timing of the dose and when to when to draw blood and how to interpret it. And the problem is, is there's no individual baseline. And progesterone levels, you know, so usually a woman, we didn't have what her levels were in her 20s or 30s. If she's later on having symptoms in her 40s, we don't know what her baseline level was. Um, 
and with progesterone, the levels are all over the board. So a lot of times it's just empirical treatment, which means, you know, if she has symptoms and symptoms of low progesterone, um, you know, probably give her a trial of progesterone and see how she does. So some of the tests that we should do, progesterone, testosterone, um, free level for sure. Uh, we talked about that last week. Go to last week's podcast, which by the way, our, uh, these podcasts, even though we stream live on YouTube and we stream live on on my Facebook, um, these podcasts are also edited and then put on YouTube in the final version. So you can always go to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy's YouTube site and watch these um, podcasts. Um, also, you can find us on most of the podcast forums. So um, iHeart, um, um, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes and so forth. So go to those, sh subscribe and um, share, like, comment. We would really appreciate that. So some other hormones to check, DHEA, cortisol, complete thyroid panel. We go into our YouTube channel or our podcast forum and look for, um, I've done a presentation on thyroid. So go check that out. That was a few weeks ago. What are some ways that we can deliver progesterone? Well, oral dosage forms, um, it's our favorite, our most popular in the pharmacy is an oral dosage form. Um, our most common is 100 milligrams, so you give 100 milligrams at bedtime. Um, then that what we do at the Compine Pharmacy, we make up a sustained release progesterone. There is a commercially available progesterone. The problem with the commercially available progesterone, it's also known as prometrium. The generic is progesterone. It, it's in oil. It's in peanut oil. Obviously, that can be a problem for people that are allergic to peanuts. Um, and it's immediate release. And think about what our body does with progesterone. Our body just doesn't, just doesn't make all the progesterone all at once at night. It makes it slowly throughout the night. So we make, at the pharmacy, we make a sustained release progesterone that slowly releases the progesterone slowly throughout the night. And um, the dosage varies, uh, 50 to 300 milligrams, depending on the person. And let's see, so topical, um, there's, progesterone is absorbed topically. I will say there's a big debate here, and I've got to argue both of them, depending on if the provider is using saliva testing or serum testing to check the progesterone. Um, we have women that use topical progesterone, and, 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 it does, and they do just fine. The dosage can vary from 20 to 100 milligrams, um, just depending on the person. So it's important that you do know that you work with a provider that knows about the absorption of progesterone. Also, it can be absorbed sublingually um, under the tongue. You'll get better absorption than you would if you swallowed a capsule, um, but it's not true topical absorption possibly or true sublingual absorption because you're going to swallow some, which is okay because then you get the benefits of, of the oral progesterone, which is to help sleep. Vaginal administration, I just hit that really quick. Um, there's actually... A, a lot of studies to show that most all hormones, almost any drug is absorbed very well vaginally. There's some local effects if progesterone is used vaginally. So um, there's some benefit there, but it'll also be absorbed um, systemically into the body and patients can still get the benefit of the progesterone that way. So that's really all I have on progesterone. I, I hope that's a, that's a quick rundown. I think progesterone, I call it the forgotten hormone because I think it's underused. Um, it's the first thing I think of, 
you know, when you go, when you think about women going into menopause, I think progesterone, progesterone, progesterone before we think estrogen, because it's usually progesterone that declines first. So, and it has so many benefits. So, would love you would love your comments. Would love any questions you have. So please put them in the comment section. Um, let me know. And Monday, our radio show, we are going to have David Michael. He is from New York. He is with Cliffhanger Academy, which he um, is a personal trainer, and he's going to talk about br the brain, body, and breath and how that goes together with the psychology of fitness. It's going to be a very, very interesting show. I had a great conversation with him. He's got some great stories to share, too. And so you don't want to miss that. We stream our radio show live every Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at AM 1470 KBSN in Moses Lake. And, of course, we'll be right here on Facebook and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy's YouTube site. So stay, stay tuned for that. Um, if you would like any, if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss, please let us know in the comments. And I'll go into it as long as as long as it's healthcare related. I I will entertain that because that's what we we talk about everything healthcare at the Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. So I appreciate you guys tuning in, and stay tuned for uh, Monday's episode. And I appreciate it. And thank you for listening.